Back up top, shot through traffic, save made, follow-up try, that one hits a body in front, and a score! It's a score! It's a score! And the Ice Bears have a 4-3 lead with 30 seconds remaining in the hockey game! Oh, what a hit! Welcome to the SPHL in Knoxville! Comes in on the right side, through the right circle, taking it and fed across, they score! Oh, yes! And the Ice Bears win 3-2 in overtime! Welcome to the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast. I'm Joel Silverberg. Thank you for taking the time to check out the KIB pod. Whether you're doing so on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, I appreciate you taking the time to listen to the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast, the official podcast of the Knoxville Ice Bears And Knoxville got the split down in Florida over the weekend. So the Ice Bears with their last really long road trip of the season, the regular season anyway. They've already taken their one trip to Peoria. They've already gone to Quad City. They've already gone to Fayetteville. Their remaining road games this season are at Macon, Evansville, and Roanoke. And they're all day trips. So Knoxville actually really shouldn't need to stay overnight anywhere for the rest of of the regular season. They will host Roanoke this Friday and Saturday. They'll head to Macon on Sunday the following week. It'll be the inverse of that. They will host Macon on Friday and Saturday for the Tennessee Shine Company concert series that the Ice Bears are hosting. They'll have musical guests on the ice at first intermission for both Friday and Saturday, the 24th and 25th. And then on that Sunday, the 26th, they will head to Roanoke to take on the Rail Yard Dogs. Then the following week, the Ice Bears with only one game, and that will be on the road at Evansville to kick off the month of April, and then a home-and-home series against the Rail Yard Dogs home Friday at Roanoke on Saturday to conclude the regular season. So no, no more overnight trips, no more extended road trips for the rest of the regular season. Obviously, the postseason can change A whole lot of that. Knoxville technically has not clinched a playoff spot at this point in time, but the odds very much in their favor to do so. Obviously, Knoxville has bigger goals than just clinching a playoff spot. So Knoxville trying to climb the standings right now, pretty razor-thin margins in spots four through six, and Knoxville not too far back of third place at this point in time either. Huntsville, of course, sitting in third Granted, the Havoc have two games in hand over the Knoxville Ice Bears, as do the Evansville Thunderbolts and the Roanoke Rail Yard Dogs. That's the one thing working against Knoxville. But uh, what helps is that Knoxville has a head-to-head game coming up against Evansville, five more games against Roanoke. And obviously, that I, I know that some fans are kind of looking at that, oh, that's so many games against the same team. But it does give you an opportunity to control your own destiny a little bit when it comes to your playoff seating. And then if Pensacola starts to get hot here down the stretch, wouldn't be out of the question for them to make a run. Granted, you know, even though they split with Knoxville over the weekend, they still lost seven of their last 10. So still some work to do for Pensacola in order to continue moving forward. And then Fayetteville and Quad City are having a nice little scrap for that eighth and final playoff seed. Both the same number of points. Fayetteville with a game in hand over Quad City. So from a point percentage standpoint, the marksmen have the edge. But Quad Cities won six of their last 10. The Marksmen, meanwhile, have lost four straight. So Fayetteville needs to start getting its act together if it wants to be able to hold off Quad City and maintain a spot in the postseason. Peoria and Birmingham, the top two teams in the league as of now, have already clinched playoff berths. Birmingham has a game in hand over Peoria, 
and only five points back. They've won seven straight. They've won eight of their last ten. Peoria just five, three, and two in their last ten games. And obviously still in control of the regular season crown at this point, but Birmingham really making a push. It could be interesting for that dash to the number one seed. And we'll see how spots two through six ultimately play out because if Birmingham goes in the wrong direction, they could find themselves outside of that top two. So it's it's an interesting flux here. We normally don't have this sort of cluster this late in the season. It feels like Knoxville could easily be anywhere from as high as third place to as low as sixth place. And it, technically, two through seven are still on the line for all those teams as well, depending on how Birmingham and Pensacola play out these final several weeks of the regular season. So Knoxville right now, more points than Evansville, but Evansville with the better points percentage. Thunderbolts playing really good hockey right now. Four in a row. They've won eight of their last 10. Knoxville's won six of its last 10 after a split against Pensacola over the weekend. And I thought it was a pretty good performance against the Ice Bears on Saturday. So the team headed down on Friday and ended up staying there. Friday night, played Saturday and Sunday, and then made their way back Sunday night, got back Monday morning at about a little after 6 o'clock. Team had the day off, and then they practiced on Tuesday. But I, I thought Knoxville actually really dominated the game on Saturday in this 2-1 to win over the Ice Flyers. Dallas Como scores off, off a really awkward angle. Not even sure if he was trying to shoot the puck, trying to send it across the crease on the power play. He's there on the right side corner, and it appears that it hits Christian Stead's stick and then slips between his pads and goes in. It kind of just one of those flute goals. Doesn't really you know, show how well Stead played throughout the course of the night. And that came within the first seven minutes of the game, and Knoxville continued to do what it did defensively, and they killed off the next three Pensacola power plays. Pensacola, of course, entered the weekend with the top power play percentage in the league, over 31%. But after scoring that first power play goal on their first opportunity in the first period on Saturday, they went 0 for 8 the rest of the way over the course of the two games. So, you know, Knoxville, you, you had told Knoxville, I think, before the game, hey, you're going to go into this series, top power play unit in the SPHL. They're going to go 1 for one for 9. I think you'd take that if you were Knoxville, especially with that one power play goal coming in the game that Knoxville won. And so Knoxville continued to press. They had great shots on goal in the first period, great opportunities in the second. Stead had to make some big saves over the first two periods to keep it from getting a little more out of hand, making it more difficult for Knoxville to come back. And obviously it's frustrating. Dino Balsamo hit the post, or excuse me, hit the crossbar from the left circle. Knoxville had another shot that hit the outside of the post. Brad Arvanitis was having a monster night in net. And I thought Knoxville was testing him well. They were getting off good looks. Just couldn't find Twine through the first 40 minutes and then 50 minutes uh, start to approach and Knoxville still doesn't have anything going. And in the third period, I thought Knoxville was actually struggling to generate quality scoring chances. It felt like, man, Knoxville's just kind of flaming out here offensively. And then suddenly Brett Outerkirk decides to take the puck from coast to coast, finds Balsamo in the high slot. Balsamo gets off a good look, beats Arvanitis, and then suddenly the momentum has changed. And it really feels in games like that where, it, 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 uh, you know, in a 5-4 game, if you're down... Five to four, you feel like no matter how much time is left, you always have a shot because you have managed to generate a ton of scoring chances and you've generated goals already, so it doesn't feel like the game's out of reach. When you're down one to nothing and you haven't scored over the course of 50 minutes, it can feel a little bit daunting. And so when you finally get that first goal, I think it then feels like, hey, he's not invincible. Now we can go out and get the second one. 
And they say that once you score that first goal, you have a three-minute span, a three-minute window of momentum to try to take advantage of it. Well, that's what Knoxville needed. Three minutes and one second later, Balsamo scores again. Another assist from Outerkirk as Bailey Conger carried the puck out of the zone and generated a three-on-two. Outerkirk found Balsamo in the left circle, was able to get in tight, beat Arvanitis in the same spot, and Balsamo's two goals helped Knoxville rally to beat Pensacola uh, two to one on Saturday. So that was a really nice effort from Knoxville. Christian Stead with another good night in net. And then on Sunday, a bit of a different story. I thought Knoxville came out a little bit flat. Um, Rourke Russell kind of takes an awkward angle behind the net in the corner with Avon Bondarenko skating with the puck. Bondarenko gets out all alone in front of the crease, beats Christian Stead late in the first period. And then Joey Sofo right after a Knoxville power play. Sofo comes out of the box. Garrett Milan finds him on a stretch pass, and then Sofo generates a two-on-one, takes a shot from the right circle, Stead makes the save, gets the rebound back in the slot, Stead makes another save, but there's nobody back there for Knoxville except Outerkirk, who's trying to block the shot, takes himself out of the play, and Sofo's able to corral the puck, get off a third attempt, and is able to beat Stead, who had made a diving effort to stop the puck, and so just really unfortunate for Stead, who, you know, I thought, Kind of got just put in a tough situation a couple of times there late in that first period. And so where it looks like Knoxville once again is playing fairly well. I didn't think the scoring chances were as high of a quality on Sunday as they were on Saturday. But I thought Knoxville was still hanging in there. And then Pensacola took all the momentum in the second period and then or in the first period. And then in the second period, I thought Knoxville just, you know, they were getting off the volume of shots. They weren't necessarily testing Arvanitis. I didn't think he had to work as hard through the first two periods on Sunday as he did on Saturday. And so then Andrew Durham and Bondarenko, they each finish off on-man rush opportunities. The third goal, that first one by Durham, Stead got a piece of it. I'm sure he would have liked to have had that one back. But Bondarenko being allowed to just cut loose right there in front of the crease and and have time to make his move to get around Stead, it just, it just wasn't the best situation that Stead had been put into. And so when Stead was pulled at the end of the second period, I was told by the coaches after the game, look, it wasn't so much about how Stead was playing as much as the the scenario that he had kind of been dealt with, been dealt a bad hand that game through those first two periods. Felt like we we you know thought the way that we were playing, it, it wasn't necessarily fair to Christian to keep him out there for the third period. Wanted to get Julian Syme some looks, let him see some pucks. Um, and so Syme made his second appearance for Knoxville, gave up one goal on nine shots as Durham scored with 41 seconds left to go in the game to cap off the scoring. But Bailey Conger scored early on the power play, just 26 seconds in to get the Ice Bears on the board, and then scored again late on the power play to wrap things up for the Ice Bears. So, you know, it's a three-point weekend for Conger. It's a three-assist weekend for Outerkirk. Um, Justin Portillo with two assists on on the Sunday game as well. But just not the best performance from Knoxville on Sunday. Kind of looked like a team that, maybe had really worked hard on Saturday night and was feeling the after effects. And of course, Pensacola, you know, they they definitely got outplayed Saturday night despite the score. I, th- I think if it wasn't for Arvanitis, it really could have been more of a lopsided win for Knoxville. But I think Pensacola was obviously frustrated. Saturday was a specialty jersey night for them. They had 5,500 people in attendance, big crowd. They had a third period lead they lost. I think they came back and responded and, you know, played well enough to win on Sunday. And I think it's you know kind of just a product of hey you you team loses at home they're going to come back and going to come harder on Sunday and I think Knoxville just ultimately got outplayed on on Sunday afternoon so Knoxville gets to return home they 
got to have you know a nice time at the beach. Weather was pretty nice, and so the players got to kind of be on the beach in Pensacola for a couple of days and spend some time together as a team. And now having to turn their attention, they get to play at home for the first time in more than two weeks. Friday night, they're going to take on Roanoke Friday and Saturday, and then they're going to head to Macon on Sunday afternoon. So I think for Knoxville, it's it's a big opportunity this weekend because if you know, obviously a split doesn't really do you anything, if anything, it actually helps Roanoke because keep in mind the way that these tie-breaking procedures work is that if teams have the same number of points, then it goes by point percentage. Well, Roanoke is not one of the teams that plays a 57th game. Knoxville is. So then it comes down to points percentage and head-to-head record. So a weekend split with the rail yard dogs keeps Roanoke in front of the regular season series and basically means that Knoxville would have to sweep the final three games in order to get that head-to-head tiebreaker because from a points percentage standpoint, Roanoke plays fewer games than Knoxville. So if they have the same number of points... That means Roanoke would win that tiebreaker. So just something to keep in mind as you kind of move forward here. Right now, Knoxville has the lead over Roanoke from a points and point percentage standpoint, but Roanoke technically has a game in hand over the Ice Bears. So if if Roanoke sweeps Knoxville this weekend, for one thing, that means the Rail Yard Dogs clinch the regular season series. So Knoxville would then have to make up that ground from a pure points percentage standpoint. If Knoxville sweeps Roanoke, then it's a big opportunity for Knoxville to really start to pull away and force Roanoke to have to either chase Evansville or sit there in that six seed and could mean that Knoxville really would help them have an opportunity to chase down Huntsville and Evansville for a top four spot because you're trying to get home ice advantage in that first round. If the season ended today, Knoxville would be the five seed having to go to Evansville. So the scenarios are still endless that we really can't tell anything definitively. Yes, Peoria is in control of the one seed, Fayetteville and Quad City right now are likely going to, one of those two teams are likely going to end up as the eight seed. Birmingham seems like it's pretty set as a, as a top two seed, but obviously things can change so quickly. We see teams so often, they, they win four or five in a row, they drop three or four straight. Uh, Fayetteville at one point, they won six in a row, followed that up with a 10-game skid. So d- teams can do different things in this league at any given time. Birmingham seems to be playing the best hockey out of anybody right now. Evansville is finding its stride at the right time. Knoxville has kind of been steady uh, ever ever since that mid-January series against Peoria. It feels like Knoxville has done its part to, you know, they, there have obviously been some troubling losses. There was the 7-1 loss to Huntsville at the end of January. There was the 8-6 loss to Birmingham, uh, the 5-1 loss to Huntsville, but uh, and then that 5-2 loss to Pensacola on Sunday, but as bad as those losses looked on that day, they all count the same way. They all count as one loss. And so Knoxville's ability in the last several weeks to be able to bounce back and find ways to win games at home, find ways to win games against good teams, I, I think it's important to kind of acknowledge that you know Knoxville is is playing good hockey right now. And I think that for the most part, they're, they're getting guys back. Balsamo returned to the lineup. You'll have Rexmo coming back from suspension here pretty soon. Brett Outerkirk returned from the ECHL. And Justin McDonald is scheduled to return from injured reserve next week. So seeing how that plays out, getting healthy at the right time, sometimes that can be more important than having a higher seed. And Knoxville kind of found that out the hard way last year. You know, Knoxville had the number one seed in the regular season, but suffered a a couple of really tough injuries. J.B. Baker was... You know, on the IR when the playoffs started, Taylor Stefishin was suspended for the first couple of games of the series. So, 
It's just a matter of trying to find ways to keep your team healthy and make sure that you're in the best shape going into the postseason rather than being banged up and, and having a better seed because as we've seen, Pensacola, they're the seven seed right now. And there's no reason that they, if the season ended today, that they couldn't upset Birmingham in the first round of the playoffs, especially with as many times as those two teams will see each other. I mean, they'll have seen each other 11 times by the time the regular season ends. So they know each other really well. So just some things to keep in mind as these playoff scenarios continue to play their way out. So if you haven't seen on transactions recently, Nolan Slahetka was placed on the 21-day IR. Carter Colthorpe, who was on a PTO, has now been signed to a standard contract, so he is uh, officially on the roster. Alexi Girard has been had his uh, injured reserve stay extended, and then Justin McDonald is still on the IR. Rex Moe is still suspended. So as of right now, those are your three players that are on injured reserve, uh, which means at some point roster moves are going to have to be made with Colthorpe now taking up an active roster spot. Um, and, and so we'll see what head coach Brent Clark ultimately decides to do. Julian Syme has been called up to the ECHL, so he has taken his first career call up into the East Coast Hockey League. Jeremy Forget, Macon's former goaltender, uh, who appeared in three games this year for the Mayhem, he was brought in on Wednesday morning. Uh, saw him in the locker room, so uh, got to say hey to Jeremy on my way out the door earlier today. So Forget is in, Syme is on call up, and so the Ice Bears... Uh, obviously still have Christian Stead. will be looking to him to do a lot of the backstopping, but I'm sure that you'll see Jeremy Forget at some point with Knoxville having a three-game weekend upcoming in a 72-hour span beginning on Friday. Certainly hope that everybody that made the trip to Pensacola got home safely and enjoyed their time down on the beach. It was fun to see fans out there. I always appreciate the support that the Ice Bears receive on the road. Again, Friday and Saturday night at home against Roanoke, and then Sunday on the road at Macon. It's the last time the Ice Bears are set to go to Georgia this regular season. So be sure if you're making the trip to drive safely, and hopefully the Ice Bears will be delivering some wins for Knoxville fans this weekend. I'm Joel Silverberg. Thank you so much for listening to the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast. We'll do it again next week. We'll have three games to talk about by the time we get to Monday. Should be a lot of fun. The playoffs are almost here on the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast. We'll talk about all of it. We'll talk to you next week.